Hi, I'm Vanessa from the podcast Real Moms of Bravo. What happened with Lindsay and Carl? Or what's going on with the cast of Southern Charm? Find out on Real Moms of Bravo three times a week. Listen to us wherever you podcast. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is Alina Bach of Instagram and TikTok, and also now the new podcast Awkward Stage. Hey, Alina. Yay! Hi, I am Alina, and I am the cute one. (laughs) (laughs) You are the cute one, and your videos are so funny. Oh, thank you, You guys. You capture the, like, awkwardness of my youth just so perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like people connect with my teenage trauma. Great. I have more where that came from. (laughs) And we have the same thing with the podcast, kind of. It always feels like it was so specific to you, and then you're like, oh, my God. Everybody peed their pants on the way home from school. Well, I mean, yes. not everybody. That is specific mm-hmm. to me. But. <laughs> Should we talk about that? Do we need to unpack that? Oh, um, we have unpacked that way too okay. much. Yeah, that happen a lot. Or yeah, more than I'd like to. <laughs> Do we have it under control? More or less. <laughs> okay, I used to pee in the bed a lot, and then it happened when I slept over at friends' houses, uh, and yeah. that was really embarrassing. But see, yeah. my trauma was I was a go homer. I could never complete mm. the sleepover. So uh, you know, you never have to worry about wetting the bed at a friend's house if you can't make yeah. it through the night. So Alina is here today to discuss the hit 2006 movie. Aquamarine. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea's <laughs> making faces, so I already know she hated well, it. Well, so. no. So let me just say, Donnie has been trying to get me to watch this movie specifically <laughs> since we started the podcast. Like, this has been his white whale. This was the movie that he was like, <laughs> one day I will get you to watch Aquamarine. Because before today, I had never seen it. Mm-hmm. Somehow I missed the cult classic <laughs> Aquamarine, and I went on a full journey today. I was sending Donnie hate messages. I was berating him via text message, via DM. It took me like an hour to get through the first 20 minutes of this film. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced You're in like, my I'm life. I'm going to start drinking. It's 10 a.m. But my daughters got home from their grandparents' house and they sat down and they started watching Aquamarine. And somehow, like watching it through their eyes, all yeah. of a sudden, I was like all in on Aquamarine. So Donnie, you can Aww. thank my children because I loved this movie by the end because oh, they loved God. it. That's, that's cute. Because let's be clear, <laughs> that this movie is meant for children. Donnie. It 100% is. It is. What's your connection to it then, Donnie? I mean, I watched it as an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no kids involved. But like, yeah, I watch Casey Undercover with Zendaya on the Disney Channel. Again, with no kids. I watch High School Musical, mm-hmm. the series. Again, with no kids. I get in fights on Twitter with Gen Z about the High School Musical show. They're okay. like, why are you 80 years old and watching this? I'm like, why are you allowed online? You were in diapers when the original came out. Get a life. Get a life. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to, because it's sure as hell not going to be me. So I want to set the scene for Aquamarine. When this movie came out, I want to tell you what else was happening in the pop culture world. 
This movie was released March 3rd, 2006. Check on it by Beyonce was top of the charts. In the movie theater, Medea's Family Reunion was number one. And on TV, Top Chef premiered on Bravo for the first time. So that's really telling you how old this movie is. And then also that very same weekend, Reese Witherspoon won the Oscar for Walk the Line. Oh, she did. That's right. Mm -hmm. And Crash won for Best Movie. I don't even remember Crash. (laughs) Crash had Ludacris and Sandra Bullock. Okay, I'm going to have to put that (laughs) on my rewatch movie list. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Sometimes I oh, think wow. I have. Also, I grew up in Germany, so some of the movies have different names over okay. there. What was Aquamarine? Called Wait, let me Germany. look that up right now. Aquamarine movie, German title. I look this up all the time. <laughs> My Google is like, here we go again. Oh, this is what Europe does a lot. They use the same name when it's just one word but then they will like add Mm. something to it because Germans are like I don't know aquamarine (laughs) so in German it's called aquamarine but they would say aquamarine die vernixte erste Liebe what's the second part mean it means like the magical first love but instead of magical they use a pun on uh Finn okay can't directly translate that but you get the gist yeah. yeah So before we get deeper into the movie itself, the girls in this movie are quite obsessed with magazines, specifically the how-to section when it comes to boys. So before we begin, Alina, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit better. So I brought a magazine quiz with me today, (laughs) and we're going to find out which boy of the early 2000s is the guy you're totally in tune with. It's music-themed, I guess. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So the first question is, ah, love. You wish your crush would make you a mix CD with songs by A, the Plain White Tees, or B, the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) They're your only options, unfortunately. Jonas Brothers. (laughs) Next question. Finally, the weekend. You can't wait to wake up Saturday morning and A, play your favorite tunes, or B, hit the road. Mm. Uh, um, B, A. All right. Favorite tunes, favorite tunes. You're walking the school hallway and you spot your crush. You A, sweetly smile, or B, give him a high five. I run. I pretend like they don't exist. So probably the high five because it's less flirty. Okay. And more awkward. Mm -hmm. (laughs) High five. All the reality shows on the tube, you find yourself watching Extreme Makeover or American Idol? Extreme Makeover. All right, one last question. You love boys, but would never date a guy who was A, lazy, 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 or B, a bad dancer. A. All right, you are in tune with a sporty dude like Chase Crawford. An athletic guy just like Chase is what you need for spring. You two will spend hours outside soaking up the warm weather together. And if you didn't get him, you would have got Chris Brown. So maybe sporty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now it is time to really get into this movie. So I want to give some background information and trivia before we jump into the plot. It was directed by Elizabeth Allen Rosenbaum, who directed a lot of TV, such as Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars. Oh, and the one actress is also in Pretty Little Liars. 
Yes. What's her name? Jenna from Pretty Little Liars, the blind yeah. girl. Yes. I mean, I don't know her real name. Yes. Pam and Shershock. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I didn't recognize her because she had the glasses off and like a wig. And she could see. <laughs> I never recognized anybody. And I was like, I know her. You see, that's my thing. Whatever I watch, I have IMDb open. And I'm like, I know this face. I know. I, and then I like need to figure it out myself. And then I look it up and I like give myself some points, like just by myself. Like, good job. You recognize this actress. Chelsea needs to start playing that game. Because All right. <laughs> she's on her best behavior for you, mm-hmm. Alina, because she has never recognized anyone before. I was so proud of myself. I'm proud of you. Thank you. When I saw her in the little convertible, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. This is a bitch who is faking her blindness and has a weird relationship with her stepbrother. And then sure enough, this was my first experience of going on IMDb and being like, oh my fucking God, I was right. Isn't it like, isn't it like the best? It really is. Yeah. Now you're in. Now you can't go back. Well, uh, she'll go back. Yeah. <laughs> so it was written by Jessica Bendinger. I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly, but Bendinger. And she also wrote one episode of Sex in the City and Bring It On, Stick It, and First Daughter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, the first Bring It On? Like the real yeah, Bring It the On? The real Bring It oh, On. The first one is the only one that matters. Thank you. Because it wasn't the same people who made it. They just like no. sold the rights yeah. and they were like, do what you want with it. And it's not the same. It's not. However, with that said, Sci-Fi Network is making a scary movie, Bring It On, where they start getting killed at Nationals. And it also has nothing to do with the original one. None of the same creators. But I will be watching that one. They will make a horror movie out of anything these days. They will. And I'll be there for all of it. Did you see... Okay, really quick, because we haven't talked about mermaids at all yet. (laughs) Did you see the trailer for the Winnie the Pooh horror movie? I'm sorry. What? There's a movie where Winnie the Pooh and Piglet kill people. Stop. (laughs) Is it a cartoon? No. Is it like Babe? (laughs) No, it's like a costume. Okay, but we need to make Babe the horror movie. Well, I think the real ending of Babe would be a horror movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's already a horror movie. (laughs) Anywho, take it away, Donnie. Back to the fish. I Am The Cute One is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email IamTheCuteOnePodcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. The tagline for Aquamarine is a fish out of water comedy. Cute. They love puns. They do. This movie loves puns. Oh, because it's every other line in the script. We have a fish yes. pun. The budget was $12 million and it made $23 million worldwide. So... Not too shabby. A little bit of trivia before we start. Sarah Paxton's hair and makeup and getting her into fins took four hours total. So anytime she was in mermaid form, she had to be there four hours early. Wow. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's not okay. (laughs) That's not a good use of resources. (laughs) No. Jessica Simpson was originally offered the role of Aquamarine, but then producers, after she said yes, producers took it back because they said she was too old. You didn't know that before you asked her? Right. Because, uh, what's her face? Cecilia was a little older, too. Like, she was Raymond's age. So when she was fighting with these 15-year-olds, I was like, get alive. And then I remembered I fight with 15-year-olds on Twitter. It's so weird. (laughs) 
then the villain girls show up and they look like 10 years older than these like 12 year old girls. I was like, is this her mom? Now yeah. the tanning bed era did not help them. Oh. And so perhaps they were, you know, three years older looking 12 years older. <laughs> no, Chelsea, they were five and six years older than the two leads. That's just such a weird casting choice. To yeah. Me. And if they were like adults, that would be fine. You know, like 32 and 38. Fine. Donnie, right. don't try to make yourself feel better for fighting with children on Twitter. You're like, if they were 36, that's totally reasonable. Fuck those kids. But five years older, that's just ridiculous. Okay, relax. <laughs> so my last bit of trivia, Sarah Paxson was originally cast as Cecilia, oh. but begged to audition for Aqua because she always wanted to be a mermaid, which brings me to one more little bit of trivia. For an entire month before filming, Sarah Paxton lived off of sardines and took swimming lessons no. in no. order to be a more realistic mermaid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is no. nothing that's going to be no. nominated Method for any awards. <laughs> no. Lived off sardines first of all that can't be good for your stomach no, and like what kind of method acting yeah. is that like to get into the head of a mermaid right. who is very much a, i mean she shows up with eyeliner like <laughs> you know what i mean like she's not a fish daniel day lewis who honestly is sarah paxton her oscar <laughs> please the lifetime achievement award <laughs> So what character, if any, do you identify as from this movie? Okay, I think I identify most with Claire. Like, I want to be aquamarine, you know, but I'm not. Like, I want to be Carrie, but I'm not. I'm probably Claire (laughs) because she avoids scary things because of she was traumatized and she like doesn't socialize with people and when she likes guys she doesn't go for them but then this other girl comes along and she's like I like this guy and she's like you go for it I'll help you <laughs> yeah. I think I'm her yeah <laughs> and she's a people pleaser See, I said I was Aqua but then all the reasons you said now I think I'm Claire but I'm still gonna say Aqua <laughs> yeah. because she loves the water and I'm a Pisces so I love the water yes and she's obsessed with the idea of like boy loving her very quickly which oh yeah like immediately yeah for me i start every morning with my affirmations so i'm basically those annoying little starfish like i'm like chelsea is so smart chelsea is so funny chelsea will not lose her shit today like when those starfish started talking i was like where can i purchase one this would really make my manifestation journey a lot easier yeah I want those earrings. I need those earrings. They could have made more for this movie if they sold merch. Yeah. Just a little. Right? (laughs) I was thinking that too when she was eating the Ben and Jerry's ice cream with like the very specific flavor. I was like, did you guys get on that? No. I wonder if she put sardines in that ice cream. I wonder how many interviews she gave where she was like, I ate sardines for a month. And teenage girls just like flocking to the (laughs) store to look like her and just like eating sardines there is plenty of seafood you could consume besides sardines yeah if she would have said she was on an all seafood diet i would have skipped over that fact completely but all sardines i was like we need to discuss but to eat fish in order to become one become a fish (laughs) i don't think that's method i think like cannibalism (laughs) you're eating your own you should have become a vegetarian sarah (laughs) So we have reached the part of the show where, Alina, we're putting one minute on the clock for you to give us a synopsis of this movie. Okay. Your time starts now. 
So there's these two teenage girl BFFs who live in this very white beach town in Florida. And they have a big problem because one of them is about to move to Australia and they don't want that. Um, And also they have a crush on this mediocre white (laughs) teenage boy. And so they ask the universe for help, kind of like as a joke, but the universe is like, I got you. I know exactly what to do, but I'm going to send you a mermaid. And then so Aquamarine, the mermaid shows up and her whole thing is she's about to get married off to this asshole merman that her toxic father decided for her. So she has three days to make someone fall in love with her and she picks mediocre teenage boy (laughs) and the problem is she's a fish out of water doesn't know how to behave (laughs) and so the two teenage bffs decide to help her in exchange for a wish so they show her a bunch of teenage magazines to make her a proper woman according to the patriarchal standard would you like to be the co-host of this podcast please because you are speaking my love language So now you don't have to say it, Chelsea. Uh-huh. Yep, because we'll our, our listeners are growing tired of me every week being like, and furthermore. <laughs> also, apparently the patriarchy exists underwater. <laughs> the movie starts with only five days left of summer before Haley has to leave. Get out. Get it? Because it's just you're like, this movie has so many puns. <laughs> Let me one-up this movie. <laughs> oh, I will. That's only my first. Oh, so she has to leave and move to Australia with her marine biologist mom. And it's just a little too late. Ugh. That's the second one. For her best friend, Claire, to go swimming because she let the whole summer pass by without even dipping a toe into the water. Claire's played by Emma Roberts, not JoJo, but I couldn't let a second JoJo reference pass me by. R.I.P. Shout out to you, JoJo. Why did you just say R.I.P.? She died. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Mm-mm. Jojo is not dead. Jojo is very much still alive. Alina, she asked you to be her co-host, but see what I have to deal with. I thought she died. No, I thought you meant like her career. <laughs> That's what I thought too. But then I know who I work with, so I was like, let me ask her to clarify. Oh well, good for her <laughs> for breathing. Yeah, good, good for, for her. her that she did. Wow. Right. Okay. So. What did the girls do all summer, you ask? Or is JoJo alive, you may also ask? The girls lusted and obsessed over the older lifeguard at the beach resort, Raymond. They know the way he reveals his armpit hair when he likes a girl. They know his favorite food, drink, and even favorite song. Oranges, Dr. Pepper, and Weezer's Island in the Sun, if you're wondering. These bitches know all and are prepared to teach a class at the Learning Annex about Raymond at a moment's notice. Is there anything you could teach a course on without warning? I think for me, it would be Big Brother. Yeah, these girls are stalkers. It's presented in like a really cute way because they're like middle school girls. They haven't honed their craft enough that like they deserve the restraining order, but that's coming. That's coming down the pipe for these girls. I think for me, Harry Potter, 100%, I could teach a seminar on. I'm trying to think what else. I think like Bravo, Real Housewives, I could also unannounced like give a TED talk about. I could give a class on Gilmore Girls. Okay. It's my like feel good show that mm. I rewatch probably once a year. Mm. And I know, you know, it's criticism too. And like, they're saying like, these people don't have real problems. But and that's, that's the probably point. Why I rewatch it once right. a year, you know? Yeah. Who was your end game for Rory? Jess. 
Oh, thank God. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Just girl forever. Yes. Now, as you know, Chelsea, I would not take that masterclass because I'm not a Gilmore boy. But which one is Jess? The one that ended up being in This Is Us. Oh, okay. Myla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Have you watched Gilmore Girls or are you just against it because of the alliteration in the title and you think <laughs> it's not for you? No, it's not the alliteration. I tried during COVID. I tried. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't for me. I feel like you have to get past the first season. Okay. I'm just going to say it. But I also hate when, I mean, there are things I like that I tell people that too. Yeah. But that is a big undertake. They're like, you just have to get past 23 episodes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then you'll <laughs> it's love a big it. undertaking. <laughs> I don't yeah. think Gilmore Girls is for you, Donnie. Okay. <laughs> Once I heard the word wholesome, I was like, oh, okay. I need them covering a murder by episode four. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Raymond has been showing off his armpit hair to someone a bit more age-appropriate, and that is the beach's resident bitch and local weatherman's daughter, Cecilia. I'm going to put a pin in this recap really quick to praise Cecilia, because we've seen a lot of mean girls in the movies we've covered, but yeah. none of them have resorted to petty theft, stakeouts, <laughs> and full-blown assault. Like, she pushes a woman into the ocean. <laughs> So like this is a girl that knows what she wants. And she ruins her dad's career. (laughs) All for a guy. Yeah. And I do have to give a shout out because like I said at the top of this episode, I went through the ringer and my daughters joined me in this quest of aquamarine. And Cecilia taught my four-year-old the phrase royal bitch. Did she repeat it? Oh, yeah. She said, oh, mommy, royal bitch. And then later in the day, she called me a royal bitch. So shout out to you, Cecilia. Can't wait for my daughter to start kindergarten next week. Oh, no. She's going to call everyone a royal bitch. Yep. Just wholesome family fish fun. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. I mean, I think she did a good job as the like mean girl. And I think she had a sense of humor. And I don't think Sarah mm-hmm. Paxton did show a lot of humor in her performance. Mm-hmm. So I think Ariel Kebbell was the right choice for the villain. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I also think Ariel Kebbell would have been great as Aquamarine as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. If only her life dream would have been to be a mermaid. We could have had a different movie. <laughs> So Haley and Claire are super bummed about Haley having to move to the other side of the world. So they channel Chelsea and other trademark witch girls and do a (laughs) prayer to the weather gods to make something so grand happen that will stall Haley's move. And just like magic, a storm appears out of nowhere, putting an end to their movie night. But at least the spell works. I was watching that and as like, I'm a big fan of fantasy movies and I wish they had I mean I know it wasn't made for us adults but I wish they had done that and just it was like a little bit more intention like they found an ancient something or I wanted the spell to be more magical I needed a little more reasoning behind why the magic happens so that I can use it in real life (laughs) which is true because they just said words and then it happened so then I want a follow-up story because one of these girls is magical one of these girls is about to go to hogwarts like you just said words and a storm appeared and a mermaid came like can we try it again can we maybe see what happens next 
Yeah. Do you think American Horror Story Coven is the follow-up? Ooh, Ooh this, was this is the interesting theory. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Put it on Reddit and see what happens. <laughs> I'll fight with more seventeen-year-olds. Oh, I never did a spell for this to happen, but when I was in college, I went to Walmart. You know, I used to go to Walmart in the middle of the night to buy movies that were just released at midnight. Mm-hmm. So I went to buy a DVD. I do forget which one, but then a tornado hit and I was locked in for three hours oh, oh my god in a Walmart from 12 to 3 a.m. in the middle of Pennsylvania wow that's like a 90s sitcom <laughs> yeah, except again I was a gay man in the middle of Pennsylvania <laughs> locked in a Walmart so maybe more so, of a horror movie <laughs> yeah, or a true crime documentary wait I went to school in Pennsylvania oh did you for one year I was an exchange student when I was 16, I went oh. to Dallas Town Area High School in York County, Pennsylvania. All right. I'm familiar with York. Yeah. To experience America. Oh, and that's where they picked. That's where they sent me. Sorry. <laughs> How was your experience yeah. in America? I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was 2001. So there was no like cell phones or social media. So you really had to like get Mm. into the like social high school life to talk to people and to like have an experience. And it was amazing. It was incredible. That's awesome. I'm an uncultured bitch that hasn't been anywhere, but I have been near a tornado. Oh, we'll loop it back to that. When I was in CCD, because you know that I am a reformed Catholic, so I would go to CCD Uh on Monday nights and learn about Jesus Christ and his love and such. And there was a tornado warning. And so my mom, in all of her infinite wisdom, rather than leaving me in the church basement where we were bunkered down, was like, no, 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 I'm going to come and pick you and your brother up from CCD and drive you home so we can get out of this storm. And we get in my mom's minivan. We're driving. We stop at a red light and literally – the tornado passes Stop. through the intersection where that red oh. light is. Like we're at a red oh. light and there is the tornado. And my mom, like my dog was in the car. My like childhood dog, Bailey at the time was in the car for whatever reason. My mom was like, get down and just hug Bailey. And so we're just like hugging uh-huh. Bailey in my mom's minivan as this tornado passes. And then she's like, well, I guess um, it's right. passed. And she's like, do you guys uh-huh. want to go to McDonald's? <laughs> So we went to McDonald's and then went home. Wow. A real life storm chaser. Helen Hunt. (laughs) There was one tornado while I was an exchange student in Pennsylvania. And I came home from school and I was always by myself at first because my host parents were working. And they called and they were like, there's a tornado warning. Go to the basement and like grab a bunch of couch cushions. And like if it comes close to Dallas town, just like get in the corner and put all these cushions on top of you. And I was like, this is so cool. This is so American. I can't wait to tell my friends about this. Well, that's nice. Nothing happened, you know. Well, thank God, because then you just get to experience the good of it. So the storm floods the pool with ocean water and Claire is sure she saw some kind of creature in there. A shark. A A shark. shark. But then later she's like, it had hair. Yeah. (laughs) Get your story straight, Claire. (laughs) Right. right. So although she's terrified of water since both of her parents drowned in a boating accident, which what a backstory that they just like dropped in. 
They never explain that. Again, why did every child's movie in the 90s and 2000s have tragic death Death of parents parents as just like a – it was just a staple of that's just how we make movies. It seemed to be the only justification for being different to like have dead parents. Right. That's why she is that way. That's why she wears glasses. And you know what? I'm having like an aha moment here of I think so many millennials grew up feeling like, well, my trauma is not justified or like people had it worse because we grew up with (laughs) movies where the protagonist always had dead parents. So it's like, if my parents aren't dead, I should not be complaining because everybody's parents are apparently (laughs) perished. And then if you had dead parents, it became kind of a cool thing that you, you know, tell people about at a party. (laughs) And it's not a good party story. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I'd say not. No. That's a good observation. You should do, again, Reddit. Alina's like, stop your podcast. Just get on Reddit. <laughs> so she agrees to go back with Haley in the middle of the night where they discover it was a mermaid. And the next morning, the girls find that the pool has been drained and the mermaid's hiding naked in a snack shack with legs now because apparently mermaids have legs when the sun is out but they can't get them wet they can also control the weather which is kind of terrifying (laughs) and i don't know how many mermaids there are in the ocean but this could have been a very different movie if these mermaids would have planned an uprising instead like they can walk on land and control the weather that is dangerous We find out that mermaids don't believe in love and they have to and she has to go through with an arranged marriage in three days. But her father lets her find love on land. And if she can prove that love exists, then she doesn't have to marry this merman. But it was just a lot of rules. She's like, let me give you a monologue. Yeah, yeah. She's like, okay, I'm bringing my own set of problems. So Aquamarine didn't think this through about asking the girls for help to be with Raymond because the girls she asked for help are two sociopaths who clearly don't know how to catch a man or they would have boyfriends themselves. I always say don't take relationship advice from your single friends, but here she is. So they teach her everything they know about trying to win a boy's heart, which when we start the lesson by telling her to call him and just breathe on the other end, we know we haven't really signed up for a subscription to a master class here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, read all these teenage magazines that will keep you in check. And they even call it out in the movie. She's like, wait, this is weird behavior. You have to pretend like you like them, but don't. And you have to do this and that. You have to be sweet, but not too sweet. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wish they had like gone further with that. Like they touch on it. It is a social commentary on these teen magazines and like these social codes of conduct, but they never really like go there. They like tiptoe around it and then they like are like, but it's fine because we're all being ourselves. It's fine. And then also the next thing we see is she's getting rejected and then she defines her entire human (laughs) existence because of the rejection. She's like, what did I do wrong? Why am I not getting it? And it's like, we're right Right back back there. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like it comes from the same place where the like rules as a monologue came from. They're like, oh, if we talk about it, it's okay. But like, no, we want to see the father. We want to see her like learn this lesson and not just say she knows about it already. Can we really quick, I'm so sorry to like circle back, but can we talk about the wish like that they're going to get a wish from helping her yeah 
they've already helped her. They've given her clothes. They've given her a place to stay. They've saved her from the person who was draining the pool. Why do they have to do more for this bitch? Yeah, they should be like six wishes deep. Right. I think Aquamarine is like kind of, she's a little bit of a dick because (laughs) she's just like, here I am. Give me your sweater. And now it's this beautiful dress. And thanks for all your help. Oh, by the way, you get a wish if you help me here are my conditions you have to make him fall in love with me in three days <laughs> she weaponized it she weaponized her powers mm-hmm. <laughs> but i do want to now jump back again chelsea jumped back but now we're jumping forward again i asked the cuties if they like aquamarine and these two crazy girls if they ever did anything crazy to get the attention of someone they liked and they submitted some Ooh. stories so the first one i brought with me was this person that submitted this slept with the best friend of the person she liked and she said it did not get the attention i was expecting (laughs) hard to believe i'm not sure what kind of attention you expected our next story says she literally jumped off a cliff into water and she can't swim so she had to be rescued by a lifeguard i get it doing crazy things to get someone's attention because for me it's always about maintaining the image that i'm choosing for this person to perceive of me which is very much only hurting myself but you shouldn't almost kill yourself like you should draw some boundaries you know <laughs> yeah. stay single yeah. before like drowning yourself Death. almost yeah you any know? story that starts with i jumped off a cliff <laughs> maybe we should <laughs> rethink about how we attract our men and mm-hmm. the last story it's short but sweet she said i licked his desk we were in fifth grade i don't know <laughs> all right wow okay <laughs> now i need to know like di- did you do it because you already in fifth grade knew that like that was sexy like what yeah, did you was it a lick that. or was it like <laughs> yeah. a like oh that's mine now dip yeah was he like eating like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and like a drop of jelly fell down and she's like let me get that for you <laughs> Or was it like she was treating it with the same rules of like, there's one Pringle left and you're like, nope, it's mine. I licked it. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. if that worked, I might steal it. Submitted that. Let us know if that worked. <laughs> but I guess being certifiably insane is Ray's type because he invites Aqua to the carnival where he wins her prize and shares cotton candy with her. Even after she learns it's not something that you rub on your face. (laughs) And then they bond over their controlling fathers. And he's about to kiss her and invite her to the last splash festival when the sun begins to go down. So Aqua books it out of there before Ray can find out she's half sushi. And then... The girls take Aqua to the water tower for the night, but Claire refuses to go up with her and Haley because besides not doing water, we also learn she doesn't do heights. And I, too, am afraid of everything, so I can't blame her. Yeah, I'm afraid of heights as well, but I think she didn't go up there because of the water. But like she was closer to water when she was like in multiple other scenes. She was really close to water. Yeah, And also you're in Florida. Is the water tower the only place you can take a mermaid? Yeah, I didn't have many fears as a child, but my biggest fear growing up, like if a grown-up asked like a 10-year-old me what my what my biggest fear was, I always like without fail, without skipping a beat, just immediately said childbirth. 
And <laughs> looking back, I think that was a strange one. And I've conquered it twice now, <laughs> C-sections both times, but I have conquered it. And now I'm like fearless because I'm like, you know, knock that out of the park, have two kids. So bring it on world. I'm afraid of nothing now. <laughs> Do you think that at 10 years old, you were still so fresh on this earth from the other side that maybe you were remembering a prior life oh, that you had? Maybe. maybe. Maybe you were a midwife. Where did that anxiety come from? You don't remember your own childhood. No, but I remember the fear associated mm-hmm. with like one day I'm going to have to give birth. And I was like terrified. So yeah, maybe in a past life or something. I wonder if you died during childbirth. Yeah, before. it didn't go well oh. or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, thank God you're here. You and JoJo are still with us <laughs> yeah. in this night. We did it. <laughs> My biggest fear was always sharks. And that's because I grew up in a small town like very like Gilmore Girls-esque, you know, mm. like very protected until my parents got a divorce. But this wasn't them. I had never seen anything bad on TV. Like I didn't know the news and like that there was like bad things in the world. And my friend showed me Jaws. <gasps> oh, my oh my God. God. And I just saw the first, like the opening where the mm-hmm. first victim happens. And I had them call my mom and was crying. I couldn't like <laughs> handle it. And then I remember like as a child being in the bathtub and when there were too many bubbles Bubbles. and you couldn't see through the water, Mm. then I thought there was a shark underneath. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. No. It was traumatizing. Yeah, that's chilling. Yeah. I would have walked around dirty like Pigpen from Snoopy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) fuck that. It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! I'm sorry. I'm glad you're. Are you better now? Are you still afraid of sharks? I mean, not in the bathtub, obviously. It would still a- be like one of my top three worst ways of dying. Um, <laughs> oh, but I sure. know to poke them in the eye. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I learned that, but I would never go on a cruise. I would never mm. like go on a cruise. Well, that's Donnie's favorite place to be is a cruise. Donnie brings up a cruise story every single episode, so. No. Like, 80% of the ocean is, like, undiscovered. We don't know what's down there. Doesn't that scare the fuck out of you? Well, yeah, but once you get to the undiscovered part, you'd be dead anyway. Unless... It comes to you when you're out there on the cruise ship. Oh, yeah. Aquamarine's father just sucks me down. Use code cute one for carnival cruise. (laughs) So Ray clearly wants Aqua's blowhole because he's willing to drink. I hate that. Go on. I put that in my notes and I knew that would get a reaction from Chelsea, but he's willing to drink salt water for her. And that's fine, but it's almost a deal breaker when the band starts playing Island in the Sun and Ray asks her to dance. But luckily, he's willing to teach her. Although I don't think this is a man that should be teaching anybody to dance. No, it's like honestly too bad that the casting director of Save the Last Dance didn't see this scene (laughs) because they would have found themselves in a sequel. Maybe she was lightheaded from the sardines and she (laughs) just couldn't put in that kind of work. So it's the second sundown and the date is cut short yet again. He asks what he can say to make her stay. And she kisses him and says, tell me tomorrow morning how that made you feel. For someone with no experience, like love doesn't exist in the ocean. So she has no experience. She's got game. This was a move. Yeah. 
Aqua goes back to the water tower, and this time she has company. And when Cecilia learns the truth about her, shit falls apart. And I don't just mean the ladder to the water tower. (laughs) The next morning, Haley tells Claire she's been thinking about the wish, and she doesn't think they should use it on her move, since her mom has been working towards this job her whole life. And this makes the girls have an epic fight, and one calls the other one, like, a loser, and the other one calls the other one stuck up. And then my daughter was like, yeah, you're a royal bitch. (laughs) I agree with her. (laughs) Cecilia's father gets the whole news crew to report on the girl stuck in the water tower. But when they open it, she's not there. Because the janitor, whatever he is, creepy is what he is. <laughs> but he figured out her truth the night before and saved her before the news crews arrived. Yeah. When she wasn't in there, if you would have gave me my own mermaid wish, I wouldn't have been able to guess that Leonard was the one that saved the day. Because... Why does this movie and the Home Alone franchise push the narrative that kids should, like, rely on the help of creepy strangers? Yeah. So Aqua makes it to the dock to meet Raymond, where she asks if he loves her. And he may dress like an extra in Mamma Mia, but at least he has enough sense to tell her they've only had one date. So no, (laughs) no, I do not. And as she begins to explain why it's so important that he loves her... Cecilia the Queen comes out and pushes her like over a dead yeah. end in the water. I don't even know why they had that. But like it that. worked. It did. She, she knew what she was doing <laughs> because she even she had a hint that she was a mermaid. So then she pushed her in and she's like, now you can go home. And that's exactly what happens because now that she's back in her home turf, her father wastes her no time dad. to control of the weather. Truly. Like she falls in and all of a sudden the storm comes back out of nowhere the waves get rough and aqua begins to be pulled back to sea so ray is like i'll save you and he gets he like runs back on the dock not towards where she's drowning runs back on the dock to get a boogie board a surfboard to save but a mermaid okay. from the ocean no it was not a surfboard. i thought he was gonna go get one of those motor thingies and he's like i'm right. gonna get a boogie board and i'm like all right buddy i don't know about that yeah the lifeguard is getting a boogie board yeah. meanwhile the girl that's been terrified of water the whole time she jumps in hangs on to the buoy she's like this is my moment i've been so terrified of water that i wouldn't step foot in a water tower but now now is the time for me to embark on my ocean journey in a storm i have to save the mermaid from drowning (laughs) okay now comes the point that donnie i'm gonna ruin this movie for you ruin it how like i'm not in it well, <laughs> you can't ruin this for me. Well, what are you going to say? It's just like Splash. I never saw Splash. So jokes on you. I don't even like Tom Hanks. So whatever <laughs> you say, whatever you say, it's not going to work. Well, you know, I haven't seen Splash either. So no, it's not going to be that. Okay, no. Okay. So again, haven't they already helped her circling back? Like mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. she gave the wish to the janitor. Like... <laughs> He gave her a ladder so he gets true love. Like, surely these girls have already done enough. Like, give them that wish. But then also, two things. Number one, why don't they both get a wish? Why does it have to be a shared Mm. wish? And number two, if non-romantic love counts, like if them saying I love you as a friend counts, does that mean that Aqua's dad doesn't love her like if if he didn't know that love existed until two randos were like listen we've known you for three days but we love you and then papa bear is like okay word love is real cool no wedding the wedding's off let's do it like so then 
love doesn't exist in the mermaid world. Like the dad doesn't love her. She's never known love. She is an unloved mermaid just looking for affection by any means necessary. That's why they're so emotional, Chelsea. (laughs) Wow. You didn't ruin anything for me. Uh In fact, you made it make more sense. (laughs) I didn't go that deep, but that makes so much sense. And that makes it so much worse. Her dad and the whole like ocean life that she's returning to. Um, that's an incredible thought pattern. (laughs) (laughs) But like truly they're like, oh, we like, it's not like true love's first kiss or something. It's like, it's like they literally all they had to say was, I care about you. I love you. We are friends and I see you and recognize you as a person outside of, you know, this mermaid (laughs) situation you found yourself in so you know shout out to you toxic daddy yeah, is aqua's oof, mom okay wellness check oh i just assumed she was dad yeah. well it is a 90s 2000s movie yeah. so. liked that in the end it was the friendship that set her mm-hmm. free instead of the romantic love to the mediocre teenage boy because i was like <laughs> i like this message for young girls but yes. then I hadn't gone that far and <laughs> I might have also shed a tear or two in the end after, you know, finding everything that's wrong with this movie. But I, I cry very easily. So like, but that's the magic. A, monologue, a little friendship goes a long way for me. And I teared up when we found out that the reason that Aqua oh, believes same. in love is because she saw the dead parents. parents on a boat. Yes. Same for me. Yes. I cried. I cried. Donnie. That was when I knew I was all in on Aquamarine oh. because it was at that point in the movie I had full body goosebumps. <laughs> I turned to my right to like share this experience with my two daughters who I'm like living for this. Like I'm like, oh, uh-huh. this is a core memory. We're watching Aquamarine together. And I noticed that they had gone to their bedrooms to play a different game at that point. And I was just watching the movie alone crying. by myself, <laughs> crying, just like rooting for Aquamarine. And I was like, fuck you, Donnie, you've won again. You've done it again. Look at me now. Yeah. I hate I hate everything I've become, and yet I love it. Yeah. I love that I you've done this to me. Yeah, because I was like, you know, obviously throughout the movie, you go like, oh, like uh, for, you know, for anyone who's not watching this, but who's listening to this and just like rolling my eyes aggressively, you go like, oh, really like, oh, and then suddenly out of nowhere, you're like, oh. it was our parents and they really loved each other. <laughs> like, it just... It just gets me. I mean, you know, there's plot holes, but I did love that it was love between friends instead of like, you don't need to get the guy. Like there you see, because sometimes it's like, was this a female writer? But then moments like where they called out the magazines and where the friendship one, I think is where that comes through, where it just like, Mm -hmm. we live in a world in 2006 where, you know, all these things that we get to call out today is because we have done some work you know uh-huh. and yeah. but that's where it's like oh yeah we live in this world but this was a female writer and like these are some cool cool things in the movie and she yeah. tried her best given what was going to be allowed at that time yes. to sneak right. through in a team film like she did what she needed to do so mm-hmm. yeah so on that note i guess final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be? Okay. I have a sequel idea. Okay. okay you know how they talk about they want to go to the PG. Okay. So if we bring it to this year, this was 2006. So they're all like 30, their early 30s. 
So I think that Claire and Haley are both either recently divorced or had just broken up with whoever their like relationship was. And then they go on a friendship trip to the, to Fiji finally. And so it's like a friendship, like travel movie, but they get in a bunch of trouble and then they call 30 year old aquamarine with, the shell. with their shell phone. <laughs> they use the shell phone, which they brought to call aqua who is now raining the ocean and who like controls the weather or whatever. Like her dad's out of the picture yeah. and she helps them. And, but then, okay. Was I the only one who noticed some chemistry between Haley and Aqua when they were climbing up the uh, water tower the first time and she like held her by her butt uh-huh. somehow and she was like, thank mm-hmm. you. And I was like, hmm. and then they had like a cute <laughs> moment at the top of the water tower. And so in a mm-hmm. sequel, I would want to see maybe Haley and Aqua discovering that they have stronger feelings for each other. I love that. Right? Yeah. Those two girls, as somebody who only recognized their bisexuality in their 30s, the warning signs are there. I can now, like, now that my blinders are off, I can see so clearly. And these two (laughs) girls were quite obsessed with boobs in a way that Mm. wasn't like, when are mine coming? In a way that was like, I'm (laughs) recognizing the boobs of other people. So I love everything about that. Yeah, Yeah. I want to see a gritty mini series that takes place right after this movie Mm -hmm. where Aqua is going back to Atlantis. She's coming back without having the burden of this impending marriage. I want to see her life with this toxic dad. I want to see what the mermaid culture is like that nobody's known love, but now she has. And I want to see like what happens when she infiltrates mermaid life with the knowledge that love exists and and like i like the gritty i like like make it hbo you know like make it really good cursing sex let's get into like what is the hair is always flowing like make it Mm -hmm. work (laughs) yes i'm here for that i will watch it yeah yes so I am just remaking it. I'm not doing a sequel. Um, but I aged them up a little. Well, I guess a lot. Because I think Aquamarine should be Kate Hudson. Ooh. And then as the friends, I made it Regina Hall as Haley and Anne Hathaway as Claire. But we'll make it where her husband drowned instead of her parents. Ooh. And it was him and her that Aqua saw on the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love like- that. Thank you. Thank you. So, final, final thoughts. What for (laughs) us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? In terms of plot and stuff, I think everything aged well, Um, except for Ray's fashion. I think he dressed like a Greek pimp. But besides (laughs) that, like, I loved everything about it. Nothing aged poorly. (laughs) I think what aged well was casting Emma Roberts. Because she was a great casting choice. Mm -hmm. Aged well, also, I thought, was just the element of, like, climate change and the ocean needs help. Yeah. Because it still does. Uh Um, Mm -hmm. 
And what H poorly, Florida, I think H <laughs> and then also the fashion, which I noticed mostly at the pool party. And because people were like wearing belts over skirts and like uh-huh. you know, the layers yeah. and like all of that and, and the hair up and the tan and the eyebrows. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it just, it makes it look so like out of touch, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I love seeing it, but I don't think it aged well. Yeah, all of the fashion, I was a victim of the Bermuda shorts trend. Yes. Like I wore those like old navy Bermuda shorts all the time. I also loved the like dress over jeans trend. Yes. Like basically mm-hmm. it was like I covered up my body at its objectively skinniest and most fit stage. I was like, how can I put more layers on myself? It really is such a moment in time of the the 2010s fashion of like, I would say like 2004 to 2009 is like a sweet spot of just like, I can't wait for Gen Z to think they've invented yeah. these mm. terrible trends. Because like, they're dabbling in the 90s trends now, but I'm now, like, no, no, yeah. no. I want to see when you try to like, wear a dress over jeans and put yes. like a belt around your bosom stage. <laughs> like I want to see that. I can see Ashley Tisdale on the red carpet wearing that. Uh, With the pointy shoes. Yes. And yes. The, the glitter. I want to be confused uh-huh. if you're going to a business meeting or a club. Yes. I want there to be like a strange <laughs> crossover right now. There was also like a tie. You wore a tie. It was sexy as a girl. Phase oh. And it's just there's so much going on but like you were saying gen z is dabbling in the 90s trends like when i go to h&m or target and it's all these 90s things it looks to me it looks like i'm picking a costume for like halloween or something and they're just like shopping it and they think like it's new like they think (laughs) they're discovering low-rise jeans and i'm standing there and i'm like you this you're not the inventor of this fashion we wore we did it first and like uh-huh. sometimes i want to go up to them and be like you're not the first one who's like, like don't do it like can you imagine this like crazy geriatric millennial walking around h&m telling gen z like they are not the inventor of the fashion Ugh. oh my god yeah. and then they go home after that and they sign on to twitter and there i am <laughs> Yeah, Zach and Vanessa should be together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just want to unwind. This crazy bitch at H&M just yelled at me. And then there's Donnie like, fuck you. You don't know anything about high school musical. And also, by the way, we invented the internet. We're not going to grow out of it. And then I'm just there like, you know what? R.I.P. Jojo. May your memory be a blessing. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, well, on that note, thank you, Alina, so much for coming. I had a great time. I had a great time. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Can you let everybody know where else they can find you, listen to you, all of those things? Absolutely. So I want to mention that my friend Nicole Dubois, my my comedian friend Nikki Dupes and I have a new podcast that's called Awkward Stage, where we invite guests to talk about the most awkward phase of their lives. Um, <laughs> it's called Awkward Stage, the podcast, and you can find it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, and then also you can find me on Instagram at Alina Bach, that's A-L-I-N-A-B-O-C-K, and on TikTok at Alina underscore Bach. <laughs> 
That's it. Great. Perfect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you. And everyone else, everyone that's listening, thank you for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you Love like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it.